Attention, we've got hats. For a limited time, I repeat, we've got hats. They're black snapbacks with snuggly little dragons on them. Order your limited edition snuggleware from snugglydragon.com today. We've got hats. Do you like this podcast? Prove it and buy a hat. We've got hats. Snugglydragon.com. Snuggly Dragon Greetings. You have stumbled upon the Snuggly Dragon Podcast, hosted by a guy named William Maxwell Fisk. 100th Podcast. 100th Podcast. Kind of cool. First one was with Q-Man and John Boy over two years ago. Uh, it was weird. We quickly got uh, got on the topic of racism, and I legit started sweating. It was very uncomfortable, very silly. I think we ended up editing most of it out, but uh, it was still fun, you know? I scrolled through all these episode titles, uh, and I remember doing every single one of them, which was kind of a surreal thing to recall. I remember where I was sitting and and who I was talking to. These were some great people, man. Uh, 100 episodes, 100th episode. Uh, listening to Toby and Marta, uh, gosh, I don't remember the episode number, but like, oh, one time I lived in Australia with a dude from the United Kingdom and a girl from Italy who was born where Romeo and Juliet were born. And I was, I mean, I just have that forever. I could listen to that. And it was like an international meeting of friendship and it was just cool. What a cool little thing. It was, it was a real trip going through all these episodes. Um, but uh, anyway, in honor of the arbitrary, perhaps, achievement of reaching 100 episodes, we asked our listeners to send in questions that I will now answer in a curated, predetermined fashion. Oh, wait. Oh, gosh. Y'all are going to hate this. Uh, first, I have to announce Q-Boy's retirement from his pet peeve of the week segment. It's a sad day. Q's pet peeve of the week is everybody's favorite segment. Um, gosh, it's a bummer, but uh, he, he he's finished. It's been a great run. Uh, his retirement statement. He says, quote, thank you for listening to 100 of the things that bother me most. That's my entire list. Nothing else makes me angry. End quote. Um, sorry to see you go, Q-boy. Uh, in honor of the 100th, I've compiled my top five favorite, favorite pet peeves of Q's pet peeves of weeks, which are as follows. Girls that wear hats. People that get pissed when you haven't seen a movie. Moms that address their unborn children on Facebook posts. <laughs> People that clap at the end of movies in the theater. And outspoken coffee drinkers. Uh, looks like we're in the market for a new segment, so if you love the show and want to do a little contribucione, email me, max at snugglydragon.com. Okay, on to our questions from our listeners. Thanks for everyone who participated. First up, Sean from Chatham. One, Okay, he's got a couple here. Uh, one, have you ever had sex while your dog or any other pets were present in the room? Yes. 
dogs love sex, <laughs> which can sometimes uh, confuse the mood. Uh, they're not great at taking hints. All I'll say is there have been some cold nose boops in very compromising areas. Question number two. What's something you love now, but your younger self, pre-21, would have hated? Great question. I think being 27. I would have hated being 27 when I was 21. That would have been very confusing to my linear experience of time. Um, Honestly, I couldn't think of a serious answer for this one. I, I love stuff now... That it's not like I hated them before, but I just I just didn't care. I didn't really think about them before. Uh, for example, hard drives make me absolutely randy right now. Ah, just terabytes of data. I'm looking at a six terabyte G drive right now, stacked on top of another four terabyte G drive, and they're both so sleek and silver and just ah, oh, bless me. Okay, number three. How many times are too many times to masturbate in one day, and what's your rationale? <laughs> Show your reasoning. Uh, first of all, masturbate spelled with a U, oddly enough, but that's a tricky one, so no foul. Uh, that would be a that would be a really funny word for a spelling bee, actually, because it's it's a tricky one. Um, all right, I landed on three times is too many. Once obviously is cool. Come on, we've all been there. I'm about to be there, honestly, uh, after this podcast is done. Maybe even while I'm recording it. Hey, no, just kidding. I've never <laughs> jerked off while recording a podcast. Uh, anyway, apparently there's there's all kinds of benefits to jaywalking. Uh, for example, I heard it can help with insomnia. Allegedly, during orgasm is the only time the body is completely relaxed, which kind of makes sense. And I heard that from a, a collegiate professor named Joanna Battles teaches theater very talented uh woman anyway sometimes back to masturbation sometimes you know it's exam week in high school or you just got a lot of time on your hands that day and maybe you know your neighbor forgot to lower the blinds for her evening stretch routine and you know twice a day happens you know maybe it's acceptable three times i'm starting to to think that's a little self-indulgent and you maybe could find a few better things to do that day. Um, but I think you just got to use your own moral compass. Because, yeah, I mean, you're not going to feel too great after a few days of too much burping the worm, gentlemen. Or visiting the safety deposit box, ladies, if you know what I mean. I didn't write those. I, I looked up silly ways to uh, to refer to masturbation. Burping the worm? Ugh. Very cool. Okay. Four, last, oh, no, not his last question. Number four, do you ever get scared pooping at night? No. No, uh, no, I don't. Maybe if I'm living in the woods, but I, I generally don't, my bowels don't move at night. Okay, five, number five, final question. Are fake boobs a slap in the face to human anatomy slash evolution, or a cool tweak to females who are insecure about their bodies and boob enthusiasts. Okay, uh, I'm a dude, so I mean, what the heck do I know? But here, I'll, I'll take a stab at this one. I'm gonna say fake boobs are, for the most part, a little bit of a cheat, so that women who can afford it can conform more closely to culture's depiction of a sexually attractive female, maybe? 
I heard Gad Sad, who's an evolutionary psychologist, mom, that the number one universal trait that heterosexual men across cultures find attractive in women is an hourglass bodily figure. So there's also a strong genetic component here as well. Um, without ever having interviewed a woman who has gotten augmented sweater mittens, I imagine, yeah, they probably get them because of insecurity, which is brought about by subconscious mating pressures. Is that it? Is that, is that a sufficient blanket statement to explain this phenomenon? I don't know. It's got to be tough to be a babe. Uh, honestly, I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on it. Max at SnugglyDragon.com Send us boob pics, or talk about boobs, or write a poem about how wonderful, wonderfully soft they are. Don't you just love a nice soft bosom? Anyway, I know, uh, just closing up the boob thing, I know a young woman, for example, is getting implants because she's having a double mastectomy to avoid getting breast cancer. So I would definitely call that a, quote, cool tweak. Also, PSA, women who have fake breasts are more likely to show them to you. And that is from science.com. <laughs> science.com. <laughs> All right, moving on. Skyland from New or in New Orleans. She's not from New Orleans. Uh, would you be offended if someone didn't think you were funny? No, I would not. Comedy is largely subjective, and there have certainly been at least two, maybe three people in the past who haven't quite appreciated my material. Uh, if you're not funny in a situation where you're trying to be, either your joke is lame or you're not in front of the right audience. You know, don't feed burgers to vegetarians. And don't take offense at anything unless you know for sure the person is trying to hurt your feelings. And I don't even know that you're supposed to take offense at things that are intended to offend you. Because that person's probably just projecting inner, ter inner turmoil, you know? They're like zapping their kind of... In innermost ouchies on you, and you should probably have a limitless compassion for him or her. Go ahead and turn that other cheek. Jesus move! Very cool. Moving on. Lindsay from New Orleans. Why are you the way you are? Because of my genetics and environmental stimulation, I had no authorship in determining my personality, and I therefore cannot be held morally liable for any of my actions. Law, just kidding. My real question. Per oh. Pursuing your dreams is a glamorized piece of advice that doesn't prepare you for all the rough roads that accompany that particular path. So what tactics slash methods, uh, those are both the same thing, I mean, you don't, you don't need both those words, uh, what methods do you find help push you through the nitty-gritty to keep chasing your dreams and goals? Lindsay, great question. I'm going to do the best I can to answer, though I'm, I'm far from having you know, reached all my dreams, and usually I don't even feel like a, a real person because I'm so freaking spoiled, but here we go. Just because there are rough roads down the path of dream pursuit doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue them. In fact, one of the most helpful reminders I've ever gotten that keeps me optimistic is that no worthwhile achievement comes easily, baby. Also, what else are you going to do? You got to set a goal, which is the same thing as a dream, because human beings, you can't just chill till you die. You go crazy if you do that. Maybe your dream is to eat dinner every night. As in, like, uh, just survive. And good for you if that's your dream. 
if you're lucky enough to have that in the bag already, then your spirit wants more and, you know, your dreams to acquire a high status and an evolutionarily compatible mate or lead a life of meaning. That's a good one. Um, lots of dreams, lots of different dreams out there. There are rough roads down any path, even the ones not towards your dreams. Life as a conscious creature that can conceptualize the past and the future is friggin' tough. Okay? So you might as well aim high. Formulating the best possible endpoint. Climb through all the difficulty and suffering in that direction and humbly accept the results of the best you can do. Whoa, not bad, beef. Okay, Elizabeth from Lafayette. Which topic made you the most uncomfortable to discuss within your 99 episodes? Sincerely, Snuggle Monster. Aww. Uh, okay, so one lady who's a friend of mine that I really like and I still get advice from, she got pretty defensive when we started talking about whether or not anything should be off-limits in art, and in particular comedy, because I made a case that rape jokes shouldn't be censored. Ooh, I still don't think they should be. I don't think art should be censored. Come on. If there's any arena to be able to say or do whatever you want, it should be the artistic one. But... That said, there's certainly tact to be employed in when and where you say stuff and make certain jokes. Yeah, you, you can't just say that you can't just say stuff. Unless, well, that sounds counterintuitive, but you know what I mean. Grow up. Um, what else? What else? I'll, I remember distinctly once on Laura Kiowet, uh, she started kind of blasting into me about politics and feminism, and I just started sweating. It was so uncomfortable. I was just so... Politically uninformed, I am. Uh, I, it was, oh, I, I just felt weird. She was like, there's a wage gap. And I was like, uh, okay, like, what do you mean? And, she, and like, are, there's a man s sitting next to a woman doing the exact same job that is getting paid more? She's like, yeah. And I was just like, I can't believe that. And she's like, well, it's true. And I was just like, uh, apparently it's a bit of a complex issue that, um, it, it's not, the, the pay gap isn't just about having boobs or having a, a what's the other one, uh, a, a wiener. Um, there's all kinds of actually different interesting variables going on. Uh, men are more likely to do dangerous jobs, so they get paid high. It's, it's like, on average, a man in America gets paid more than the on average woman because of a multitude of reasons, not just the fact of their gender. They're more likely to work dangerous jobs. They're work more likely to move. Women often do this thing called uh, having children, which, you know, isn't a paid gig, which there are some interesting theses out there that we should incentivize that somehow. So if you're an economist and you can solve that, email max at snugglydragon.com. Anyway, uh, for the most part, these were very comfortable discussions. I mean, we, you know, we, we, we touched some, some sketchy boundaries and stuff, but we were always behaving, we were always being respectful, always listening, uh, and I think all 99 of these conversations have been not prolific, productive? Yeah, we'll go with productive. Okay, next question. Spencer from New Orleans. What are you proud of but never have an excuse to talk about? That was a good question. I just kind of fired off a couple things I'm proud of. I'm proud of all the people I know who would have positive things to say about me. I think I have a lot of friends, and I'm, I'm just so proud of, like, my, my, my group of, of, like, 
nice people who are cool to me. Um, I'm proud of Snuggle TV. We'll sketch comedy series, and uh, it's coming up. Uh, I'm proud of my dog Link. Yeah, I'm looking at you. I wish you'd stop breaking all the freaking rules, you precious boy. But I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of you, buddy. Um, I'm proud of my ability to play complex musical melodies on various instruments from memory, because that kind of takes a long freaking time. Yeah, I guess I'm just proud of the stuff that I've worked on for a long time, and it's cool. All right, zipping on word. Barrett from Baton Rouge. Why did it take you nine minutes to answer my text yesterday? Because you're kind of weird, dude. Seth from Homa. If a waterfall is named for the action of the water going down and not for its beginning action, water flow, a houseboat, a boat, and a boathouse, a house for a boat, then why wouldn't a windshield wiper be called a liquid wiper? Wow. Um, there are no stupid questions, but apparently nobody ever told Seth that because uh, this is kind of dumb. I mean, windshield wiper, that's just a sick windshield wiper. It's a alliterative. A liquid wiper? That just sounds awkward. Take a marketing class, bud. Um, but I love Seth. I would never make fun of Seth for asking a really stupid question. He's The guy's killed from... I literally... I, if anyone ever says anything mean to Seth, I will punch a duck. Yeah. And, and I love you, Seth. You're, you're such a good boy. Anyway. Patrick from New Orleans. Who would win in a fight? An alligator or a Komodo dragon? I'm going, I'm going to say the dragon, but I'm not sure why he's wearing a kimono. Uh, that's kind of strange fashion choice for the battle. Okay, Matthew from, oh, New Orleans. A lot of New Orleans folks out there, folks. Why is it that kangaroos have pockets, but I can't find love? Or, you know, um, what's your favorite food? Um. Not really sure what the correlation is between marsupial anatomy and your, you know, quest for fulfilling connection. But I'm going to recommend that you dissociate those two arenas before you get into trouble. Also, my favorite food is steak. And box, sup, careful. Beth from, gosh, where is she from? I think she's not from, she lives in Westwood. You know what, we'll just say Beth from Westwood, New Jersey. Why is the, quote, third lake rule always operative? Meaning, the further from the john you are, the more you have to go. What do I look like, a urologist? Uh, this is probably more of a mental phenomenon that you're doing to yourself, Beth. I think a lot of bathroom issues are in your head, not so much your loins, but I just can't really relate to this because as a male, I find little difficulty in creating bathrooms where they were not previously. Oh, that's a burp. Excuse me. Uh, Andrew from, oh, New Orleans again. Really loving this New Orleans involvement. In the Rick and Morty episode, Autoerotic Assimilation, Unity removes the individuality and free will of a world, and Summer initially shows resistance to this type of brainwashing. Only when they have their freedom back, the people immediately commit heinous acts. Is free will inherently good, to have or bad. Whoa. A little philosophy jump here from from some bathroom humor. That's great. Uh, free will, as it is traditionally understood, does not exist. Your actions arise from either unconscious biological processes or thoughts 
you know, in your head, the origins of which you cannot claim authorship of, nor even trace their derivation. So, even if you think, oh, I'm going to touch my butthole right now, and then you do so, and want to say, hence, free will, the idea to touch the butthole either randomly popped in out of nowhere or happened as a result of my challenge to your having free will, both of which are causes beyond your control. You're a puppet, and you could not have been otherwise. So, okay, so the question, is it inherently good or bad? It's kind of tough to answer. I guess I can't really. I mean, is gravity good or bad? Or is it just an undeniable force of nature? You know what? 100th episode, gravity's good, free will's good, optimism, free will doesn't exist, but it's good. But that's, yeah, you know what, that's good. It's okay. You know what? Just ride the wave, baby. Do your best. Because what else can you do? Your worst? But no, because, no, you don't have you don't have a choice. I'm sorry. Free will, is, is classical free will is, is, uh, is an illusion. Follow-up question. When should one's own control of themselves be removed, or should it? As I said, control is an illusion, but I... I mean, it's probably important to, as a parent, exercise a considerable amount of dominion over your children until they leave your house. Also, if somebody is dangerous to the well-being of uh, other humans, let's start with, then their capacity to, to, do shows, to do so should be minimized. That kind of follows naturally. Love Rick and Morty. Great question. Okay. Ooh, last question. Eric from New Orleans. How many people listen to this show and why would anyone? Whoa. I think he just asked this to hurt me. Honestly, this guy's pretty mean. I was gonna respond. I was gonna like kind of puff up my ego and, and just, just like shit on this dude, but I then I remembered limitless compassion is probably the answer. Eric and I have a Funny dynamic. I've been trying to get him on the podcast, actually, because I haven't had a conversation with the dude without him shitting on me, I think, since 2007. And I just think that would be great radio, uh, but he won't come on. Even one-on-one, he, he won't have a conversation with me where he's not pseudo-jokingly insulting me. It, it's bizarre. But uh, in case anyone's actually interested, we have had 14,298 downloads of 99 episodes, which is kind of wacky, you know? I know some, you know, some people's podcasts get those numbers in like 99 seconds, but you know what? I'm proud of myself. That's like tens of thousands of, well, I guess if, if, if like the same person downloaded each, no, like that's like, that's like a lot of people, I don't know, it's kind of a lot of people. It's more than, more than I've ever spoken to on any other podcast that I've made, so you know what? Good job, Beef. As far as why people would listen, um, maybe it's my razor-sharp wit, um, charismatic joviality, my sex appeal, uh, humility, um, intelligent guests, search for truth, quest to make the world a better place. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for you, Rick. Okay, that's the end of the questions. Thank you to everyone who participated. That was fun. Uh, in closing, I'm not going to get all sappy on you, but I've really loved doing this podcast. Uh, I've had many conversations that I wouldn't otherwise have had. Uh, I get a lot of positive feedback from strangers, usually at, at a bar of some sort. Like some dude will come and be like, oh, dude, love the podcast. And it just gives me a big smile. And that's cool because like there's just total strangers. Um, 
I know it's cliche, but I'm I'm so grateful for the chance to try and bring giggles and new ideas into the lives of others. Uh, and I just really freaking love life and people and chatting and language and philosophy and just riffing with cool cats. So who knows? Maybe we'll do uh, maybe we'll do a hundred more. Uh, thanks to everyone who's come on the show or listened to it. Um, love and music is is the answer, and that's all I got. Uh, buy my stuff. Okay, see you later. This is a commercial for my new movie available on Amazon.com. It's called The Horse's Ass. It's a short film. When four wild bridesmaids lose the family engagement ring during a raucous bachelorette party, they bring to court the suspected culprit, their stripper, Centaur. Here's a little audio teaser just for you. The stripper stole my engagement ring. Time out. Did you really eat those scorpions? My client is a proud member of a stoic race of mythical creatures. He stuffed me like a turkey last night. I am Phaedipides. Let the record show that he is a total dick. Are you sure you passed the bar? I have never passed out. Not at the bar, not ever. Pagan whores! Pagan whores, Your Honor. The defense calls Jean Latifah. I drove them to a ladies' establishment called Floppy Richards. I accidentally touched her booby area. Fuck you! Yeah, I pulled that tasty little wallaby out of the sea turtle tank. It's very true what they say about horses. Huge. We centaurs live by a code. Our gold must be earned, our women powerful. And preferably with massive breasts. Testically, I consent that you gave it all up to become a mythical slut bag. Objection, your honor. If that sounds like it might float your boat, give a little clicksy on that link in the podcast description. Check it out, giggle, and maybe even leave us a nice thoughtful review on Amazon describing your experience. Bless you, my child.